This is the Pro Audio Suite Podcast. Quick Bites. Thanks to Rode Microphones and Harlan Hogan's Portabooth Pro from VoiceOver Essentials, we have another Quick Bite. And uh, we're going to talk about in-ears, which is something I've adopted since Robert mentioned he was using in-ears. And uh, quite frankly, I find them really good. But we probably need to know a bit more information about why they're better and what better person to ask than Robert Marshall. What do you like better about in-ears? I find that they require less volume, so therefore there's less feedback of the audio back out of the headphones and into the microphone, Um, especially the in-ears that are more custom-molded and have a good tight fit inside the ear canal. They just have pretty much the best isolation especially if they're a good pair compared to even some of the closed back headphones I've found. Well, I've used, because um, I've got the uh, Audio-Technica E50s and I didn't use their rubber tips, the latex ones. I've got some Comply sort of memory foam stuff, put those mm-hmm. on, and it seals really well. In fact, when I open my mouth, it doesn't break the seal, which is kind of handy. Ah, yeah, that does actually happen with my... So I have custom molded sleeves for my shore 215s and i do notice that when i change my jaw position compared to the position my jaw was in when i made the mold which funny enough when i when they made the mold they had me move my jaw but um i do find that there are some positions where i can basically make them open up a little bit to the outside um but the other thing about in-ears is that they sound great i think um yeah you know, like just the isolation makes it so you're listening to what you want to hear and nothing that you don't want to hear. Well, also for someone like you, where you're working at someone in Chicago, so you can be sitting in the studio doing a mix. If you used in-ears to do the mix at work, you could actually take the session home and plug your in-ears and get the same result, sound-wise. You could, but it's really hard to mix in headphones and always get the right um, perspective there's there really is a difference in the way things seem to blend and mix in, in headphones compared to in speakers so I wouldn't pretend to mix entirely in headphones although it is interesting that Waves and some other companies make room simulators essentially like mix in an Abbey Road studio just get your in-ears and now we've tuned your mix to show up like you know, you're sitting in Abbey Road Studio A or something. Mm. And the, only, the other thing they do to help the panning, because the panning always seems much more extreme, which is great, actually, in the, in the in-ears, a lot of these systems that allow headphones to emulate open speakers, like I think Focusrite also makes one and definitely waves with the, I think it's called NS, but they feed a little bit of the left output to the right and a little bit of the right over to the left, so you get the same sound as if you're mixing in open speakers. Cross over or cross mix or something like that. I always explain mixing in headphones if someone asks, like, I compare it to mixing in a real environment with speakers to an unreal environment in headphones. I I always find it, I don't know, Mm. it's it's artificial or something. I don't know. That's the best way I would describe it, though. Headphones, it's a bit artificial or something. I don't know. It's too good. Is what it is. Yeah. And, and you hear everything. Yeah, maybe everything. that's what it is. And yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny, like like when mixing and, and my clients are reviewing mixes and maybe they hear something incredibly detailed or they start commenting too much on mouth clicks and things. And I joke, but it's true. It's like, what are they listening on headphones? And Yeah. Yes, they are. And that's why <laughs> that's they're <right>. hearing <laughs> <Exactly>. everything. <laughs> what I like about having in ears, well, the obvious is doing this because it's not bleeding. 
<laughs> exactly. Gosh, that's what's different. <laughs> that's right. There's no slight slapback from Andrew. Go back to uh, episode yeah. one of this podcast and have a listen to AP because you can hear him twice. <laughs> Is that, yeah, well, that's true because you didn't get enough of it the first time. That's so, right. you, know, well, you, you don't hear AP twice, you hear everyone else twice. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah. Do you have a problem with acting with in ears in your ears? Do they, what's it called, occlusion? or whatever it is, when it feels like yep. your fingers are in your ears? Does that cause you issues? Well, it did do, and then Robert set me right because I was saying about occlusion, and he said, turn up the, the in-ears, which I did, and it's gone. So it's just a matter of getting the volume right. Yeah, it's it's because the, the volume coming out of the in-ears was lower than the, the volume of the resonance inside my ear canal. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Specifically the volume of you... Yeah, in the in ears compared to the volume of you in your ear canal. Yeah, yeah. How how do you find spending lots of time in 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 the in ears, like an hour long session? Do, do they, are they comfortable enough? Yeah, I mean, we did. I remember we did a few podcasts a few weeks back when I was first started wearing them, and um, I think we were, had them on for about two hours. Mm. Uh, and it just started, it was starting to get annoying, irritating after a couple of hours, but otherwise. Yeah. No, perfect. Could be the new thing. And they travel much nicer. George, do you have many clients who use them? Um, the people I work with, very, very few. Um, yeah. Partly maybe because I haven't recommended them because I'm not a big fan of them personally. Mm-hmm. And that could be why. Um, the vast majority of my clients aren't really gearheads. So, you know, they kind of just go with what they are either been given or what they got used to using when they were at studios, Sony's or Biodynamics. And that, and then they kind of just go along with it. But um, I think the challenge with in-ears is like, I can't just hand somebody an in-ear monitor and say, try these that easily, you know, without the ear tips being set up correctly, that they fit them correctly or are hygienic. And uh, yeah, those are in your ears. That would not be good. It's a mucous membrane sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I, I no, I haven't. I, I have a pair, I guess, arguably my best pair are from a company called One More. Number one more, and uh, it's a triple driver pair that um, are really meant for mobile phone use. They have an inline microphone, and they have two linear. What are they called? They have like the actuator. There's like three different types of drivers. One of them's like a actual speaker. The other one's like a motor. That, yeah, um, yep. yeah. I can't remember. Well, I can't remember the name right now. But there's a, a base driver, which is a dynamic driver, and then there's um, two of these little. Armatures, armatures. Armatures, right. They've got two armature drivers for the high frequency, and um, they are quite remarkable. And I would love to get some in, uh, custom molds for them sometime and really get to appreciate them. But what was nice is they came with a wide range of tips in, in several different, like silicone and foam, and um, it was a really nice package. If, you, if you're looking for something affordable but really super hi-fi, check out the One More stuff. I was really impressed. How mm. much are they? Well, the ones I got were really for mobile use, so I think they may have some others for studio use, but the mobile ones were under $100 for the triple drivers. Wow. And they have a quadruple driver version now. Um, if you haven't checked on these in, late, lately, you can you can get <laughs> in-ears that have, get this right, 12 drivers per ear um, for several <laughs> you know, thousand dollars if yep. you really want to go berserk. So I was when I, when I was getting my in ears made and I was asking um, those Sensophonics and the and the uh, 
te- the tech and the doctor over there, and we were talking about the Shure two fifteens, which are a hundred bucks, and of Good course Shure ones. makes. They sound great, really. And yeah. they have ones that go all the way up to like $600, and that's like the multi-driver. But what's funny is when you get to their extremely high-end one, and I forget how much it is, six, $800, back to one driver. And I was talking to them about like, you know, what makes the most sense. And you even look at some of like the really hi-fi audiophile speakers, and sometimes they try to go about avoiding any crossovers. Right. And I'm not sure... sure 12 drivers makes sense because that is a lot of crossing over and junk that you're throwing your audio through. Yeah. And, and it's like, really, does that for, for the price you pay of all the extra circuitry and who knows what phase this and that happens when you go through a bunch of high pass and low pass filters or just a nice full range driver that maybe doesn't have any of that phase shift in it. You mean like the old Bose 801 speakers? The 801s were, um, well, the 801s had that, crazy EQ that you had to use with them. Oh, yeah, to they make had them. nine drivers, but they were all full range drivers. Right. There and then no they also had an low. EQ box. They had an EQ box to like <laughs> exactly. do the curve right. Yeah. Right, but there's right. there's some there's like some audiophile speaker that's, you know, fifty thousand dollars or something and it's a giant horn and, and the whole thing uses an acoustic crossover. Um but there's a lot of you know people that would question you know needless electronics or you know just because you can is it good yeah no that's true it's really fascinating these things are extremely personalized had any headphone really is Um, yeah you have to find a way to demo or try them i mean you will never ever know if you like them unless you use them and you have to take the time to get used to them you have to get the right fit and um in some possible cases you may even have to wait for them to break in a little bit yeah. So oh, really? A like a new factor. pair of shoes? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, because like, it's Pretty a mechanical not. device, electromechanical device, and mm. when they're first manufactured, their, their, their action is a little bit tight. Okay. Um, and then their response tends to change a bit. That's been my experience with some stuff, headphones and ears, like the low end becomes more accurate and, and fuller and less muddy and, de- and tubby once they break in. Have yeah. you ever noticed that, Robert? Um, I haven't noticed that, but I've heard the opposite where, you know, some people will say like NS10s after they're old, they, they've just had too much excursion and they lose their spring back on the yeah. drive, on the, on the woofer. So I've, I've heard the opposite. Mm-hmm. I haven't really heard of breaking in speakers. Um, mm-hmm. certainly heard that about cars, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I haven't, but I, the, the, the one thing I did hear is that the, the molds, they, do um, af- over time two things happens. Number one, I guess your ear might change a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I don't know how true that is unless you're young. Um, but then the molds dry out, change, and that, or they're just trying to sell you more molds because they need reoccurring revenue. Yeah, probably <laughs> well, like the everything these days. Yeah, 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 that's right. What I what I like about having in ears, and this is one of the key selling points for me. Oh, was which when, ones are you using, by the way, Andrew? Um, Audio Technica E50s, which are using uh, it's not the standard driver. It's the one, the kind of maybe that's what you were talking about before. Is the, the thing? Yeah, I think they use them in hearing aids or something. Mm-hmm. Same technology. Anyway, that's what's in these. But what I like about it is, if when you're on the road, I can never monitor properly. And it was it's mm-hmm. only when I got back after the last big trip that I listened to a couple of files I'd sent through to various clients. And I was hearing stuff that I didn't hear when I was, you know, monitoring on the spot, 
which was a bit scary, really, because there were a few things I'm like, oh, that shouldn't have really been sent. But anyway, at least well, within ears, you know, you're not actually picking up ambient noise because they're sealed, so you're only hearing what's actually right. going to tape. I hope. I was just going to say, it's like like if if you're trying to figure out how bad your hotel room sounds, and you're listening to your hotel room recording in your hotel room then you're like, what are you hearing? Because a little yeah. bit of that hotel room is probably leaking into your not really t- closed up headphones. And Well, and, uh, yeah, don't even get me started on people who use studio monitors in their bedroom or their office with absolutely no proper placement treatment. or acoustic tuning to the room. That's an old yeah. other discussion Yeah, another time. But if you want to hear absolutely everything, they seal everything out so so well that you can really as my clients have proven sometimes, like, hear every little mouth click. Yeah. Everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, which is kind of handy, because at least you've you're reassured that what you're sending out, you actually know what you're sending, because you've heard it through, you know, yep. in-ears that are sealed. Mm-hmm. So that's and, what and I And a good like. pair will have very good low-end as well. Like, like, that's one of the things I noticed about the Shores, was just the low-end was focused and tight and, and definitely there. Yeah. Um, I'd be keen to try, and I've tried to get a pair to test out, but they haven't got any stock of them, which is the the other one of the E-series from Audio-Technica, which is the E70, which has the three drivers. And everyone raves about those. So, But the, these How E50s are, are yeah. the one that sits in the middle, and I, I find them fantastic. I mean, what I'm hearing is just accurate. Yeah, what, what's, way, what's the price point on those Audio-Technicas yeah. you got? Um, I think these ones in, I don't know what they would cost in the US, but I'm guessing they would be under 200 bucks US. Is that right? So a little bit more than the Shure 215s, which are basically all over the place for $99. Yeah. US, yeah. Well, if the tuning of these Audio-Technica ears are tuned by the same engineers or whoever that tune the can, the headphones, because yep. I love the ATH M40s and M50s, um, then they could be a real winner. I would really, I would like to hear how they stack up to the Audio Technica headphones, which I wear a lot. Um, well, they've actually tried to emulate that. So these, the M50s that you're talking about, these would be the inner version of the M50. Yeah, model yeah. name is they've copied. That's a big problem for me is transitioning from a headphone to an in ear. They have to sound pretty dang close, or it really throws off my point of reference. I'm so accustomed to my. It takes a lot of listening. You got to yeah. know your speakers. Uh, yeah. Everyone's like, "What speakers are the flattest?" It's like none of them. Yeah, unless you run the them ones over. that you like. Yeah, <laughs> with the steam roller. I like that. Yeah. If you run your M50s over in your M3 BMW. <laughs> exactly. So, what what uh, over ears have you got, George? Um, I've got a couple kinds: the Audio Technica ATH M40X, yeah. which are around 100 US. They're really my favorite, like sweet spot. I mean, they get maybe slightly better at higher price points, but I feel like these are just pretty amazing. And I just got a pair of really inexpensive upgraded ear pads that are like memory foam with a velour layer on them from, um, I think, Amazon. And it changed their sound in a good way. Ah, interesting. Uh, it, and why didn't it widened the stereo sound field? And it was because it moved, they were a little bit thicker. So it moves the drivers out a little bit further. Yeah, and I thought they sounded. I think they sound even better now. Like I've, I've like, kind of reinvigorated my wanting to listen to them again. Yeah, so because I, I, I know you hate in ears. You don't like things stuck in your ear, and I'm actually the same, really. But I don't find these a problem, and I 
be worth you trying them out, actually. The E40s or something that, that are basically the same as your ivory is. And, and George, you don't like like hyped up 7506s. Uh, they're just too, too upper mid-range bright for me. Kind of the ice pick in the forehead. I just can't quite deal with their, with their EQ. I, I think I've just been listening to 7506s for so long that I, I yeah, like once you're, It's tuning. It's like when your brain and your ear is tuned to a certain set of headphones, it's very hard to transition to something else. Um, I have several pairs of headphones that all are on the same kind of general sound, um, like my DT770 Pro headphones are kind of similar to the Audio Technica, but the Audio Technicas are a little bit brighter, but I've kind of gotten accustomed to what that sounds like, so it's become normalized. Um, and at the moment, I'm wearing the Harlan Hogan voiceover headphones, version 2, because I'd gotten them sent to me quite some time ago, and um, they sound a heck of a lot like the Audio Technicas. They're pretty familiar, with a little bit more forward mid-range. Are they the Audio Technicas? Well, I can't tell who they are exactly because I'd have to have the cans that they were maybe modeled on. Um, but you, I've but, seen. But you can't tell from the outside. Like the VO1A is clearly a Marshall mic. You can't tell from the outside. No, no, not really. There's probably some OEM Chinese headphone out there that's the same yeah. chassis. <laughs> yeah. That's how a lot of this stuff is now. It's like 787 Audio, I think, is right. the company. Yeah, who knows? Mm-hmm. But um, no, these uh, these have a. Um, they're they're much higher fi sound high fi sounding headphones, much more high fi sounding than the first gen. So, yeah, uh, and they close out the back. Like they're closed. Yeah, they're, they're closed. Out. They're closed yeah. here. Yeah, they're kind of similar ish to the Sony's and the way they're the way they're you know designed. Yeah, the Sony's are actually pretty good for closed back. They're fairly closed. You know, I think the buyers are even more closed. But you look at the amount of physical mass on the buyers, yeah, and it's not surprising. I just love how comfortable they are. I think in ears are a winner for many reasons. One, very topically, um, with uh, COVID nineteen, you kind of want to take your own headphones if you're going somewhere to do a session. Mm-hmm. Keep them in your bag. Keep them in your bag. Yeah. And also with in ears, you can wax lyrical. <laughs> the, the one thing I'd say about in-ears that's annoying is that they always come with shorter cables than a nice pair oh, of like, yes. This show was mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, edited by Andrew Peters, using Rode microphones and Source Connect Now. Tech support from George the Tech Whittem and supported by Harlan Hogan's VoiceOverEssentials.com, the home of the Portabooth Pro. Yeah.